I demand justice. Someone has married my brother. No. She took him to Hawaii. Get out of here. They have moved into a large, expensive home where they make love constantly. I hate when that happens. Arrest her at once without delay. Who? Debbie, my brother's wife, the temptress of Waikiki. Who are you? What are you? Who moved the rock? Officer, you must issue a subpoena. I believe they own... Gomez, no. A Buick! Just leave. Leave quietly. Leave now. Don't make me call Ringling Brothers. Welcome to the Blokebusters minicast episode 2 as of right now, maybe 3. My name is Paul and as you can probably tell, Brian is not here. Basically because, well... We weren't able to figure out a film that we were both going to go and see in the cinema before I and my wife go on holiday. So, I'm doing this minicast. I'm hoping Brian will be able to get one done before I go. And I am going to be talking to you about my favourite holiday slash vacation film, which is The Evan Family Values. Now, I know that most of you will be thinking... But that's not a holiday film, that's not a vacation film, and I would say to you, it is technically, which is my favourite thing to do, point out that technically something is or isn't, and therefore I'm right, ha ha ha. Basically, Pugsley and Wednesday have to go to this day camp, and because of that, it's technically a holiday or vacation film for some of the characters in the film, and therefore it counts. Now, why did I bother getting that in the first place. Well, the main reason is that I just love the Adam Family films and I couldn't come up with another way of just picking it to talk about because I knew that maybe me and Brian wouldn't talk about it that much to justify a full podcast for it. I mean, maybe we would be able to, I don't know. Brian had to get back to me on that. But... Now that I'm doing a little minicast, I can talk about it to my heart's content, and it'll probably only take up 20 of your minutes. Well, unless you pause it and have to do something else, in which case it might take longer, but whatever. So, nitty-gritty out of the way, this is a film from 1993, directed by Barry Sonnenfield. The box office is a grand total of, and again, this is just in the cinema, $48,919,043. The budget? I have absolutely no idea. I couldn't find that information anywhere. So, might have done well. Might not have. Don't really know. Alright, you've got... Everyone knows the cast by now. Angelica Houston is Morticia. Someone is Gomez. I I can't pronounce his name, I'm sure. Raul Julia? Or something like that. Unfortunately, I believe this was his last film because he died shortly after it was released, which is a big shame because he's just fantastic in this film, as he was in the first one as well. Christopher Lloyd doing a wonderful job as Festa. Christina Ricci as Wednesday. Joan Cusack is Debbie Julinski, and she is the character that ends up marrying Festa. And you have the household name Jimmy Workman as Pugsley. You can probably tell from that. I have no idea if he'd done anything else. Past that, I'm sure he's done something, but nothing I've seen. 
And the only other name I've written down was the only other name that I wanted to write down because I recognized him, but he's one of those people that's always in something, but I can never quite remember who he is or what else he's been in. Peter McNichol, probably spelling out, probably Peter McNichol or something like that, but it's spelled M-A-C capital N-I-C-O-L. And he plays Gary, the camp owner, and he's the guy who was... You know, the sort of weakling in Dracula and Loving It. He was also in Ghostbusters 2. He was the guy that owned the uh, the gallery or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, ended up getting possessed by Vigo and whatever. Yeah, yeah, the type of guy that you've seen in everything. You just can't remember what you've seen him in necessarily or what his name is. So, yes, holiday film. Well, as I said, the kids go on holiday and Fester and Debbie go on honeymoon. Therefore, there's some holiday in there. Ta-da! I love all these little technicalities, meaning I win. Yes, the the overall themes for the film are pretty much why I love the film. You've got the really dark humour, which the first film had some dark humour, but it mostly stayed with what the original stories were like. So it was kind of dark, but mostly just humour coming from the characters interacting with other people and them you seeing just how different this family was whereas this film seemed to really be pushing the dark humor which i'm a huge fan of dark humor i you know as i'm sure you know i'm a cold-hearted bastard i am not shocked by anything i find things funny that most people wouldn't so this is kind of the perfect style of film for me It's a pity that you don't see too many mainstream, I'll say, films going that sort of route. Obviously they won't because then they won't make their money back. The studios don't want to bother making films that they know is not going to make them huge amounts of money unless they're sure there's going to be a big cult following, which is why I'm shocked it doesn't happen as much. But whatever, I've got the Adam Family film, so I'm kind of happy with that. Very basic plot. Fester ends up falling in love with and then marrying someone who is, you know, very nice, very sweet. Seems to get along with everyone, but has a bit of an ulterior motive. And that's not even much of a spoiler. I think it's about the first 25 minutes you figure out and then are shown that she clearly wants Fester for either his money or just so that she can have access to the things around the home. Probably going to take the money and then steal some antiques and stuff like that. And she makes them send the kids off to camp, which gives you all of the hilarious interaction with the overly cheerful campers and camp owners. And yeah, it's just very funny the way that everyone is interacting with them, and that they just flat out refuse to even budge on how they are and if I went to this camp I'd be exactly the same because it's almost almost my hell really having to go to camp I don't like camping anyway and then having to be around everyone who is so so cheerful and everyone who is just are we doing today we're gonna go do some swimming thing yay like no one's like that and anyone that is i'm not sure i necessarily want to hang out with for longer than half an hour so yeah i wouldn't really want to be stuck there for i don't know how long it is several weeks but anyway so yeah this film just has so many funny little moments in it that really makes the film for me. I'm not going to say that this film is, you know, minus one or something like that. It's 
probably along the same lines as Beetlejuice, where I'll say I really enjoyed it, but overall it's probably like a minus five. So definitely watch it just once so you can say you've watched it, and then you'll find some people that just love the film and will keep watching it, and I'm one of those. It's really fun to watch. You've got Gomez and Morticia, who have a baby at the beginning of the film, and the baby is called Pubert, because why not? And their little arc, as it were, is that... On top of Fester ending up getting married and their kids supposedly wanting to go to camp, so they kind of end up alone in the house, but their baby starts getting quote-unquote ill, which basically means the baby ends up looking and acting like your regular human baby. You know, very rosy cheek, lots of bright colours, loves to listen to well, like green eggs and ham being read to it, and everyone else is just surprise like no one can figure it out i think that the actual explanation for it is that he's sick because he's kind of possessed because gomez is missing fester and believes that fester has sort of been taken away from him missing the kids and so because he's not well the baby is going really badly and then to skip obviously Fester ends up falling in love, getting married, and going off, and surviving numerous attempts on his life, which, watching it, you know that every single thing that Debbie is trying to do to Fester, you know it's not going to work, because he's Fester. Electrocution is not going to kill him, you know, and attempting to blow him up, that's not going to kill him. You know that he's been through so much in his life that he's pretty much immune to almost all means of physical pain and on top of that he's an Adams so yeah nothing will hurt the Adams then you've got the kids who go to this camp and have a miserable time and of course their way of being able to finally deal with that is to it is implied kill one of the kids on a fire basically burn down the campground and they tie up the kids with the two owners and leave them in the middle of the forest If I recall correctly, they're in the forest, but I don't think they're going to be stuck there for days on end. I'm sure someone is able to come and rescue them. But yeah, it's uh, (laughs) the sort of thing that I would like to think I'd end up doing in their position. Because it's like, let's see, have to go along with this stuff. They're put into a building and made to watch all of these cutesy kids things like Bambi and everything just to make them convert to the normal quote-unquote normal way of thinking and you know that when they finally say oh yes i'm going to do it i'm very sorry you know that something's up i mean there's no way that wednesday adams would go along with it so yeah it's just one of those films that i love to watch whenever it's on i'm sure i've said that about three or four times now but i just can't hammer home how much this film is It's not a guilty pleasure, because I don't feel guilty about loving it, but it's just real fun, and I can't not watch it whenever I see it on. You've got people like Nathan Lane plays the policeman behind the desk when Gomez and Morticia turn up to say that Fester has been kidnapped by his wife, and he's playing the person who would have a normal reaction to the news that this woman has taken this man to Hawaii and made love to him every night and arrest her without delay. Like, yeah, I believe one of his lines is, who are you? What are you? Who moved the rock? 
how do these people actually exist? And to be honest, I wish there were more people like them in the world because that would kind of make it a more interesting place than it is now. But that's just my little ranting on how normal isn't exactly the best way forward. I love it when there's always something that's a little bit off and everyone that just wants to be quote-unquote normal i would just say to him do you even know what normal is i'm going on a bit of a bit of a weird tangent there but whatever so yeah the adam family who couldn't love them you've got thing which is just a hand that moves because why not you've got lurch who is the butler who is basically a giant i think the idea is he's kind of a frankenstein's monster type of thing he doesn't say anything he just <laughs> there's not even much sounds that come from the guy he's just there doing his job and then you've got the granny who is a witch you've got cousin it who has hair from the top of his head down to past his feet so you can never see any of him and who for some reason speaks as if he's inhaled so much helium that none of the words make any sense anymore and <laughs> there's even one point where you finally get to see a fair number of different family members that turn up and it's i'm going on too long about this but yeah it's just a fantastic watch and just see it if you haven't you need to and if you have rewatch it yeah just do it so yeah as i said earlier it's going to be a minus five area you know just because it's not it's not the best film in the world by far it's just a fantastic watch and you know i'm sure you can watch him nitpick things at it but you know it's just real fun so not much more you can say or at least not much more i could say without repeating myself or boring everyone silly and that is everyone that is still paying attention at this point so just to round off i'm going to do my netflix recommendation and today it's actually not a film it is a television series it is a television series that was hugely popular in the uk when it was on and when i say hugely popular i mean by about season six it had really found its audience and then they stopped making it season eight and then 10 years later they got a three-part special made and then last year which was two years after the three-part special they managed to get a six episode season made again so i'm also hoping they're going to make more but you know we'll have to see what the company that made it say about that so it is called red dwarf and as of right now episode one of season one through to the last episode of the special is available on netflix absolutely no idea if they're going to put the next six episodes up at any point in the next couple of months probably next year given that it came out the very end of last year but that shouldn't bother you at all just sit down and watch the first three episodes of red dwarf they are half an hour each and it's one of those shows that the first episode tries to set up the universe but you need to watch a few to really start to get it and then basically if you're not hooked by the end of the first season it's probably not for you but luckily for you guys and you guys i'm generalizing to say american because in the uk we already know this uh season is six episodes so there's actually well season one through six were six episodes season seven and eight were eight episodes so technically 
that leaves 55 episodes if you include the special. So I don't think there's any reason why anyone shouldn't watch it. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a fantastic show. It's a sci-fi show, but it's a sci-fi sitcom. So the sci-fi stuff isn't really that important, if you kind of get what I'm talking about, because the sci-fi is the setting, and occasionally some of the things in the show require either a little bit of, oh, it's sci-fi, so this is okay, or, oh, it's sci-fi, so there's now going to be a little bit of explanation of this thing. But aside from that, originally, for the first two seasons, it's a show about two guys that end up having to live together who basically can't stand each other, and one other guy who has to be there, but I'm not going to say why he has to be there, because that will give away one of the things in the first episode that I don't want to give away. And then later on, there's another character that's brought in. Again, I won't say too much about it because it's sort of a, oh, okay, it's this guy. (laughs) And it's kind of fun to have that. And there's even a text scroll at the beginning of the first episode of season three, which explains a little bit about why some things are the way they are. And the reason I say that is because this show is one of those shows that plays a little loose with continuity. For instance, there is a character called Christine Kachansky. And to begin with, David Lister wants to go out with her. And has never gone out with her. And by the sixth season, it turns out that he actually had a relationship with her. And she broke up with him. So there's not really any explanation as to why. That's just kind of what they go with. You can say, to quote the Doctor, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, space stuff. Like, <laughs> don't, just don't worry about it. But, yeah, and just Red Dwarf, again, it's, it's on there. It should be a picture of four guys. And, as I said, you'll know who all four are by the time you get to episode one of season three. So, yeah, just give it a watch, please. I mean, I know that a lot of people say, oh, you have to watch this show. And I'm not saying you absolutely have to watch this show. Definitely. I'm saying give it a go, please. I really like it. A couple of people I recommended it to ended up watching it and they ended up really liking it. So I think it's just one of those things that you need to give it a a chance. (laughs) So yeah, that is this minicast coming to an end. And basically all that's left for me to say is I've been Paul. And if you want to get a hold of us at all, we're on Twitter, and the handle is at Blokebusters. We're on Facebook, just search for the Blokebusters podcast, or Blokebusters, I'm sure we'll be on there. And you can email us at contact at blokebusters.us, or blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com, whichever one you feel like doing. Rate us on iTunes, give us five stars. Even if you don't like it, just give us a five star, please. No skin of your nose. And... Yeah, just hopefully we'll be able to record something the Wednesday that I get back. And that should be out by the end of the weekend after that. So have fun on your breaks if you have them. And if you don't, just have fun listening to this. Yay! I know you've already listened to it, but listen to it again. I'm sure it'll be lots more fun the second time. You can even try and play it backwards, see if I've hidden any messages in it. Actually, you can do that with all of them. To see if I've hidden anything in any of them. And I know most people will say, oh no, he hasn't done that. Well, how the hell would you know? You haven't done it. Go do it. All right. Well, I'll see you next time. (laughs)